0: Uh,
1: what is nothing? Yeah, that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> what is something? That's deep, bro. <laughs> Welcome to That's Deep Bro. Uh, I'm your host, Christina Pajitsky. And uh, one day I will figure out how to use all this equipment, I promise. <laughs> what is going on? How's your week? I hope it's a good one. I hope you had a lovely week full of enchantments and new experiences. Hold on, I dropped my paper. And. Uh, and you got to see things with new eyes because that is what I'm going to discuss uh, today is seeing things through new eyes and expecting the unexpected. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just ate a, a tiger's milk bar, which is probably the grossest name for any kind of uh, protein thing you could put into your mouth, a tiger's milk. It's, it sounds like they uh, masturbate the tiger's. To completion and then they put that into a tasty, caramelly tasting, carob coated uh, bar, and it's full of nutrients. <laughs> Tiger semen, delicious. Um, but before I get started today, I beg of you, I beg of you, if you use Amazon.com, www.amazon.com, please use my banner to do your shopping. It's very simple. Um, next time you decide to shop on Amazon, go to that'sdeepbropodcast.com. click on the banner on my homepage there, and then just do your shopping as you normally would. It magically calculates how much money you've spent, and it shows me um, everything you've bought, every dildo, every disgusting item. I, I see it all. Just kidding. I don't know what you buy. But I know that it kicks back some money to the show, so that is much appreciated, and yeah, oh, oh, uh, Denver. I'm coming to Denver at the Improv June 18th through like 21st. I believe that's the Thursday through Sunday of June 18th. That's my birthday too. Oh, my, oh, my birthday. June 18th or 21st. Come see me at the Denver Improv. How am I winded? Like, I just, I just sit down to talk and I'm immediately winded. Um, I have a little puppy in the next room and I am... Trying to train this little being to be alone for five whole minutes. <laughs> and any of you who have had a puppy, if you, if you know, it's a very daunting, guilt-ridden task. Because uh, they're so adorable and you want nothing more than to cradle them and play with them 24-7. But as you know, that's not really good for dogs. That ends up ruining the dog. Because then they have a little thing called separation anxiety and then you'll never be able to leave your house again. Uh, And I don't want to do that to this new dog because our older fella is a rescue and he has severe separation anxiety. So that's a treat. Every time we leave the house, it's an elaborate, elaborate series of trickery that we have to go through so that this dog doesn't actually see us leaving (laughs) <laughs> it's like a game we bo- we all play with him. Like Fifo knows we're gone, but as long as he doesn't see the leaving, he's somehow okay with it. <laughs> <sighs> I love I love dogs. I just I love them. I love animals of all kinds, really. Aren't they the best? Okay, so today, uh in light of this puppy, in light of changes going on in my home, uh, I'm reminded of this saying that I read in a Kurt Vonnegut book many, many, many years ago. The book is called Breakfast of Champions, and um, actually, this quote that I'm about to read to you is attributed to the author of a book called Cruddy, which I also read many years ago. Uh, Linda Berry, I believe, is her name. I hope I got that right. Um, and it's it's kind of it's it's a weird sentence that I read many moons ago and it has stuck with me for like 10 years. You ever read something and it just kind of hits you at the right time in your life and it makes a permanent indentation, like a a groove on your brain. And like this whole week I was thinking, what what am I going to talk about on That's Deep Row? Because I, you know, the show is usually just kind of what I'm thinking about every week, some stream of consciousness stuff. And I was like, I don't have a topic. I don't have a topic because I, I, I've i been doing all this living lately. I've been doing all this living. You know, um, I'm about to tell you the, some other stuff that happened this week. Um, and I just, I didn't have time to kind of sit around and be contemplative. And in in doing that, in kind of doing all of these things, it got me to the topic of today, which is this uh, great line from the Kurt Vonnegut book, Breakfast of Champions. If you've ever read Kurt Vonnegut um, you gotta, you got you gotta get to that guy at a certain time in your life, like a time when you're, you're really into like uh, the possibility even of doing LSD anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know, I can, you can't pick up Kurt Vonnegut at like 40 and I, at least I can't. I'm 38 now and the thought of reading Kurt Vonnegut now is just makes want to punch my eyeballs out. Cause like you just, you gotta be there at the right place at the right time in your, in your life where you're like, you're willing to be a little reckless. You're willing to smoke a lot of cigarettes. You're willing to stay up until five in the morning. And nowadays, uh, I stay up till 11 PM and I'm like exhausted and watching uh home, home renovation shows with my husband. That's about the excitement that goes on, but I got to tell you, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> I've had I have enough excitement, right? I mean, dear Christ, you get to a point where you're like, I just I just want to hear a puppy whine in the next room. How about how's that for excitement? You know, I said it was exciting enough. My adolescence exciting enough. Twenties were exciting. Thirties can mellow out. So here we go. Here it is. The quote, Kurt Vonnegut. The quote goes: uh, Expect the unexpected, and whenever possible, be the unexpected. And the way that Kurt Vonnegut lays this out in his book, it's such a neat, weird book. He has like drawings. <laughs> um, and I, I think I remember the, the book drawing had this written out. And it says, the old, just, it's something like the old marine credo. And uh, expect the unexpected. And whenever possible, be the unexpected with a capital B and a capital E. And that phrase has stuck in my craw for many many years and you know I'm not sure why Um, it's an unconscious thing but I really I really like the two ideas linked here I like the idea of looking at the world through different possibilities through different eyes um, to expect the unexpected rather than to just kind of droll through things to drudge through your day and kind of go yeah well i'm going to wake up at 7:30 alarm's going to go off i'm going to curse to myself i'm going to go in the i'm going go to the uh, kitchen when i get some oatmeal i'm going to eat that i'm going to take a get my coffee feed the dog take a dump go to work sit in traffic scowl to myself for an hour or two uh you know get dehydrated and angry in the car cuz i'm still drinking that coffee when i get to the office, I'm going to say hi to the same assholes, I'm going to park my ass in some cubicle that I hate, and I'm gonna do some crap that I don't want to do. And I remember, you know, very much living that life. Um, God, so depressing. Anyways, this saying, um, I did look it up to see if it was, in fact, a marine credo. And it, it actually was. So this, this, <laughs> I looked it up, and this is in the uh, LYNX Marine Training Manual. LYNX being an acronym because I think the military specializes in creating acronyms to help you remember stuff. LYNX, <laughs> <laughs> lifestyle insights, networking, knowledge, skills. Oof, oof. I tell you, I respect anybody that can endure a military training. Um, you know, I've, I've been on bases. I've done military gigs. I've been to Afghanistan. I've been to the UAE, United Arab Emirates. And I. it is not enviable to to be in the military. It is so against everything um, inside of my way of structuring my life. But I have so much respect for people that can go through this training. I would cry. I would break down and cry if I joined the Marines. I would just shrivel up. I, I don't, even the beige. I remember um, so many military bases uh they just they're beige. Everything's beige. What you wear is beige, the barracks you sleep in are beige. The food is beige. Everything is just shades of beige. And I remember I I came back from Afghanistan and I <laughs> I just remember being stunned by all the color that that uh, was around me. Like and being thrilled at the idea of putting on a colored sh- and not that I was wearing uniforms, but rather so much beige around me. And I was wearing like a Kevlar vest. It was pretty nutty. But anyway, here's a wonderful other article. Article 3 of the Lynx Marine Training Manual, in case you're interested. This is the deal breaker for me. This is, this is why I could never join the Marines. Not so much expect the unexpected, but here's, here's why. Article 3. If I am offered drugs, alcohol, or tobacco products, I will politely resist and refuse. <laughs> politely resist and refuse. <laughs> I will make every effort to stay clear of situations involving gangs, drugs, alcohol, and tobacco. That's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's everything in life. What, what am I supposed to do if I'm not in gangs, drugs, alcohol, or tobacco? Well, let me see. Tobacco, I don't do anymore. Alcohol and drugs. Yeah, hello. I mean, what do people do in life without those two? I will not get, in, I will not get involved in the same I will also aid my friends and schoolmates to stay clear of similar situations. Schoolmates? What? Aren't you out of school by the time you go to the Marines? Maybe this is for, like, um, OTC people, too. That is so funny. I will also aid my friends and schoolmates to stay clear of drugs, gangs, alcohol, and tobacco. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, nerd. (laughs) Well, this is some kind of nerd manual, <laughs> some kind of fucking nerds, gosh, okay, so then amongst my many treasures in the marine training manual, you know other stuff is pretty great, stuff like how they teach you how to dress and stuff, and they um you know it tells you like you're an American, you should be proud of it and act like American citizens of upstanding quality and all that good stuff, which I agree with, but the, the no no. No tobacco? No alcohol? That's not a life worth living. Okay. Now, here's here's where I found the mention of expecting the unexpected. It says, If we wish to think clearly, we must cease imitating. If we wish to cease imitating, we must make use of our imagination. We must train ourselves for the unexpected in place of training others for the cut and dried. Audacity and not action must be our watchword. Oh, I'm sorry. Audacity and not caution must be our watchword because I think they pretty much like action. (laughs) Audacity and not caution must be our watchword. So, I mean, look, the philosophy for this week is from a Kurt Vonnegut book and from the uh, Lynx Marine Training Manual. I know two very unlikely places, but I find inspiration in them. I like the military in some regards. I like, I, I like, I love the idea of the discipline. I love the idea of of training the mind, of narrowing one's focus, of uh, of of fortitude. I think those are those are qualities severely lacking in in today. I feel like it's those are old American qualities. You know what I mean? Like those are like my my father-in-law's qualities like he's a former marine and uh oh there goes my puppy freaking out i hope to god you can not hear that um those are those are old school like dad virtues (laughs) my dad was in the military in hungary and i know that he he's not a fan of the military obviously my father escaped from a communist country and did not appreciate being involuntarily dragged uh to fight alongside the Russians to overtake his own country. But um, I, uh, yes, fortitude, discipline, courage, honor, all of these things are wonderful attributes to cultivate uh, in oneself. So if we wish to think clearly, we must cease imitating. If we wish to cease imitating, we must make use of our imagination. And then I think into expecting the unexpected, doesn't it? Like I said, you can wake up every day and you think you know what's going to happen. You think you know it all. You think you're going to predict how stuff will go and then it doesn't quite go that way. And <laughs> like I said, this week has been cr- just crazy with stuff. So like we we got this puppy. We drove to Northern California to pick it up from a proper breeder. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> and just on the on the drive back it was phenomenal we stopped at a gas station and um our older dog Fifo is loose in the car and the younger one the puppy is crated in the back and uh Tom's my husband Tom is filling up the tank with gas and I go to use the bathroom Number one, please, not a number two at the gas station. <laughs> am I, like, new? <laughs> I don't do number two at gas stations. It's disgusting. Like, even, no, not even in emergencies. I would choose to go to, like, um, an In-N-Out. Those those are good number two restrooms, not, not the gas station. So uh, we go to this place, this gas station. I go in to use the restroom. I come out, and uh, my husband is just stone-faced, and he's looking at me. And he goes. FIFO pushed the button to lock the car, and the car locked. And the key is inside the car. And he's calm. <laughs> Me, I am not calm. I immediately freak out and uh, start panicking because I'm convinced there's no there's not enough oxygen in our car. We have a we have a big a jeep, but I, in my mind, I'm like these dogs are going to suffocate. My puppies are going to die. This is the end. You know, like my mommy instincts kick in and I fucking lose it. And uh, but luckily it was a cloudy day and um, the dogs were in no danger of suffocating. But immediately I'm like, let's call AAA. Well, AAA, they tell us it's going to take about an hour to come out. And at this point, we're in like the middle of nowhere, like somewhere in Kern County, um, which I don't know what they have out there. I'm sure that's where people buy meth. That's where you buy your meth. And we're, <laughs> AAA says an hour. And then, um, so I decide to go inside and there's this guy behind the register who's tatted up and I'm like, dude, bro, not, you know, not that means anything, but I was like, bro, listen, we got, I uh, my dogs are in here. Can you help me? Can you help me get my dogs out of my car? The keys in there, blah, blah, blah. He goes, yeah, I could break your car. <laughs> I'm like, I bet you can. Long story short, we end up calling the police, because some guy suggests we do that. <laughs> I don't know why we listen to the guy. Not a bad suggestion. The fire department shows up and, in a truck. <laughs> don't worry, the sirens weren't going, but it was embarrassing enough. And like three strapping firemen leap out of this fire truck, you know, and within 10 minutes, our car is jimmied open and the dogs are fine and we are on our way. But the best part of this is that the fire department can't open our uh you know they they try to like use a wedge to open the door a little bit so that they can shove the the line in to unlock the door and like our car i guess is a new enough model that it doesn't work that way so i go back in my husband goes back in and asks the thug if he can help us break into our car and the thug has like a chisel on hand (laughs) just in his pocket Luckily, and so the thug comes out and gives us his chisel and my husband proceeds to use his uh, immense bear strength to like pry open our car door and we shove the fucking wire down, open the buggy. The point is, I wasn't expecting that to happen. I didn't necessarily want that to happen. (laughs) But it did. It happened. And, uh, and it made me realize that stuff does happen in moments. And it had been so long. I had really been playing it uh, safe in my life. where a thing I didn't allow for much to happen like that lately. You know, I, the thought of taking um, a road trip is just like kryptonite to me these days. And the fact that we were doing that and uh, I was experiencing... <laughs> These awful, you know, it's just the trials and tribulations of of, of a road life. Ugh. But um, it happened. But now we have this adorable puppy who won't stop uh, squealing. In the next room, occasionally is is quiet. But uh, <laughs> the point is, I have this puppy, and what I was noticing yesterday is the amount of awe and wonderment that this little being has about the world around it and um you know I, I don't know if you've been with a puppy for a minute, but it's been since I was like twelve years old. I haven't had a, a puppy since I was twelve and just watching it like discover everything. Everything from you know you try to pet it and it's like what's a hand? You put it down on the ground. It's like what's a scrap of paper? Can I eat this? What's uh what's that? Is that another dog's tail? Should I bite that? Is that a beard? Can I lick that? Can I it's so and it's like, wow, that's that's what it was to have fresh eyes on the world. <laughs> that's what it was like. Um, you know, and I think as an adult, you kind of, you think you know what's going to happen. You think you've got this game down. You think you know what's going to happen in any given situation. Like, oh, well, I know what happened last time, therefore... Let's take this, this X and X and X and Y precaution so that it won't happen again this way. But a lot of times in doing that, you you, you kind of miss out on possibilities. You miss out on variations of things happening, right? Yeah, you, you, you imitate as opposed to think clearly as the marine credo would say. <laughs> you have to make use of your imagination to... Uh, For the unexpected. Isn't that interesting? Instead of others for the cut and dried. Ooh, I like that. Yeah.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price price line I mean, how often have you phoned it in in your life? I think a lot of us do. you phone in. I've been phoning in like I would say the last few weeks of my life. I just feel like I'm on a, a road a little bit. you know, I think as human beings, you kind of always go through it. You just go through sort of the motions of life, you're not always immediately present and experiencing stuff because let's face it, sometimes life just comes at you and you have to adapt to it. And uh, it's like, you don't always have time to sit around and wonder how you feel about it or what kind of approach you're going to take to it. Um, but yeah. And also I worry if I feel like I know what's going to happen to me today. And if I feel like I know what to expect from everything, then, um, what do I choose to see in the day? You know, if you are expecting to see the same old shit, then you kind of see the same old shit, right? You don't you miss out on the nuances of stuff. Like um I remember I worked in this office where there was this wonderful woman, this wonderful lady. Um I think her name was Shirley and she was one of these ladies who was like big nails, big hair big personality but working like in a small office and you know I always wonder like wait why is a woman like Shirley working in um in such a small office they're such big bright people and uh, you know she would have sayings like I'd be like what's up Shirley how are you today she's like you know I am just too blessed to be stressed and uh <laughs> she's always talking about church and like well you know God is good all the time like stuff like that and you're like how do you do that where do you get that from and how can I get some of that and you know that she doesn't wake up every day going oh same shit different toilet I'm just going to see the same stuff and experience the same shit (sighs) So like that puppy, (laughs) like going to the bathroom at a 76 station and coming back to my reality having been significantly altered, despite my wanting it to be perfectly normal, it was altered. And either you resist what's happening or you just kind of mellow into it, right? And most of us resist it. I don't want change. I really don't. I don't like it. I don't, I'm over change. I want things to be the same every day. (laughs) I mean, not exactly the same, but you know, you just don't want things changing for the worse. I guess that's what human nature calls for. We like to have uh, the semblance of security, a semblance of sameness. That's why people love sitcom, right? It's the same thing every week, more or less. Uh, Characters never really learn anything and everything kind of resets so that next week we can visit these same people going through similar dramas and they've never learned anything and we're all back to back to where we started. (laughs) Because that feels good for human beings. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why we resist change and and resist seeing the new and the nuanced. But we do. I don't know why I'm so resistant. I think because it's new information to your brain. And you're like, what? No, I figured this out. I can't possibly receive any more new information. My brain will fucking explode. There's enough in there. There's enough childhood traumas and and books and, and things that I need to remember to do today and appointments that need to be kept. And uh, I don't have room for nuances, for newness. So there you go. I challenge you to see things through new eyes. And and a lot of this happened because uh, another unexpected happened this week. Uh, my husband and I on your mom's house, <laughs> we took a song... Um by Gloria Estefan, the wonderful Gloria Estefan of the Miami sound machine. And we made a version of it called the Miami fart machine. True story. Very classy. And, you know, it was so random. a uh, series of events, basically uh, the fans from your mom's house tweeted Gloria Estefan so much that this woman yielded and was like, okay, what is Miami fart machine? Who do I contact to, to learn about this? And, uh, and we actually got to speak with Gloria Estefan herself um, about Miami Fart Machine. And it was so unexpected. That that's an, that was actually the first thing that happened this week where I thought, holy fucking shit. We're going to talk to Gloria Estefan herself. And all of this randomly because my husband and I were in a hotel in Virginia Beach like couple months ago and we woke up and we were just in our bathrobes, being silly in a hotel room and and uh you know we came up with this idea to create a song called you know we would fart the conga essentially like what if someone did the conga but with farts and that was our genius idea and it you know it, it turned into something so stupid anyway the point being fucking gloria stefan and I never expected that to happen. And I thought, "Oh, that's fucking cool." And that's because I allowed myself to believe in the possibility of difference, the possibility that something might change this week. And I, that stunned me. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been so cynical, you know. I, I remember, like, she she DM'd my husband back, and I was like, "What?" And um, and yeah. And it kind of surprised me how cynical I've become. Like why don't I expect miraculous wonderful things to happen? What how does that happen to us as people that we uh shut down a little bit? Maybe that's what I was doing. I kind of shut down to possibilities of cool shit happening. So. So cool shit happened, weird stuff happened, and then I was at the comedy store this week and I did a set and I was so grumpy. I was so grouchy when I went to the club. You know, you ever you ever have those nights when you do stand-up? <laughs> no, but you know you have those nights or days or whatever where you're just like, I, I can't. I can't possibly do this thing I'm tasked with doing today. I cannot possibly talk to people. I can't possibly do my fucking job today. It's, I know. But I thought, why not just roll with these awful feelings inside of me? Why not just roll with it? And I had a great set, and I had a lot of fun. And afterwards, I talked with this really um, successful comedian. I won't, I'm not a name dropper; That's not my style. I don't name drop you guys. <laughs> well, let's just say his name rhymes with Mo Mogan. Anyways, Mo Mogan and I were talking, and um, he was just—he's very successful, this comedian. And he said, "You know, I just when I do things." I go all out. I go, I put everything into it. And I thought, wow, that's really, that's really interesting because um, do I do that? (laughs) How many of us actually put all of our effort into the thing we are doing in the, in the moment into whatever project that we're working on? How many, how many people uh, do that? And why don't I do that more? Why don't I apply myself uh, vigorously <laughs> to anything th- that I am working on. Cause you know, you find yourself doing that, right? Like some opportunity comes along and you're like, meh, I'll just, I'll just phone that in. I'll just do this kind of half ass. And I think a lot of times cause, cause, we get scared, right? You're afraid of, of what may not happen or what may happen. Ooh, I don't know. Fear of success, fear of failure. <laughs> But I thought that was really a a great idea of of going all out, of putting all of oneself into something. And um, because that night I felt like crap. I just felt so grumpy and angry. But I think if you kind of apply sometimes your shittiness to things, if you just kind of roll with what you've got in the moment, that can actually contribute to what you do. So there you go. You got to bring it. You got to just be where you're at and bring that shit. So also, (coughs) I got a couple of emails that um, I wanted to read because I, sometimes I, you know, I read stuff and it really sticks in my craw. It sticks in my little, in my butthole. And I got to, if I think about it for days, you know, it's so funny. I wonder why that is. My stuff affects you and certain stuff doesn't affect you at all. Right? Isn't that weird? So I've been having this um, email exchange for a while with this girl who um, was trying to stay out of jail, and she, I think, wrote to me on your mom's house, and we started a a, a little correspondence, and um, she was just saying how she was about to get sentenced or something and how her first thought was, oh, my God, I I can't listen to your mom's house (laughs) in prison, (laughs) which is hilarious um and anyway she ended up not going to jail thankfully and um and I wrote back to her I'm like yeah just please stay out of jail like isn't that the worst thing ever I I don't think there's anything worse than being incarcerated I I really don't um I mean firstly because you can't listen to my show (laughs) either of my shows uh so this is an email I got from this young lady I don't want to say her name I try not to incriminate people that are kind enough to write in She says, uh, what up, mommy? That's my nickname on my other show. I wrote you a couple weeks ago at your mom's house about getting arrested and looking at doing some time and being extra worried about living without my (laughs) mommies. I just listened to the last step about finding purpose. And this whole jail experience uh, has actually helped me find mine. I work six days a week at a low paying job, but I work with dogs. I have to clean up Brown, but other than that, I play and I cuddle. I get paid to cuddle. I love it. Now, besides paying my bills on time, this is as grown up as I get. <laughs> Before getting arrested, I tried so hard to be a grown ass woman and I just built up a- a resentment and anger. But then I learned to say, fuck it. Fuck it. I'm going to eat Fruity Pebbles and watch Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Fuck it. I'm going to get high and read Stephen King. I learned to say fuck it and become assertive, and this is a huge one. I only spend my time with people I love and that love me back. Since I started my diet of fuck it, I've lost 10 pounds (laughs) just from cutting out the bullshit meaningless stress. It seems like setbacks really just throw you in the right direction, and sometimes you just got to say fuck it. (laughs) Don't you love that? I love that "fuck it" philosophy. That's fantastic. That's true, right? Setbacks throw you in the right direction. Don't you feel that way? Like I was saying, like you go, you go out one night and you, to do your stand-up comedy, and you feel like shit, and it ends up being a fantastic set. Or you get fired from a job, and you think, "Oh, this is it. This is the end of me." And then it ends up steering you in a completely different place. Or you get dumped. By somebody you're convinced is just the light of your life, the sole reason of your existence, and then you meet the perfect person. <laughs> anyway, I think what I think what this person means by fuck it is letting go of that anger and resentment. And uh, um, I understand that. Jeez. I think all of us have anger. I think everybody, if you're honest, has resentment towards something. And you can either... You know, get yourself incarcerated, or you can turn it around like our friend here has and eat fruity pebbles and watch your Chippendales rescue rangers and cuddle dogs and Ranger Stephen King and lose 10 fucking pounds. Good for you. That's a lot of 10 pounds is great, man. And only spend time with people that, that she loves and love her back. That is huge, isn't it? So there you go. I like that. I believe in that too. Fuck it. Fuck it, man. Two tears in the bucket. Right? Like you can't you can't stress out about shit all the time. You just can't. There are times you do have to just kinda live your life and expect the unexpected because the unexpected uh is quite transformative, I think. It's always in the unexpected, the nooks and the crannies that you find yourself. Right? That's that line from a Beastie Boys song. What is that? It goes um something like unless your back is up against the wall you never know yourself that much at all right i think that's so true i think necessity and uh panic are great motivators i don't really know uh this generation is so coddled in terms of positive reinforcement and positive uh, encouragement i you know i kind of like old school uh discipline and, and fortitude <laughs> to go back to the beginning of our marine credo. <laughs> I just believe in, in sucking it up and, and, and doing it right as, mu- as much as you can, right? You, sometimes you got to do stuff against your own will. Most of life you must do against your your wants and desires, you know, and exercise is a great example of that. That is something I fail at constantly, uh, I don't push past my own laziness and, and you know, that's my daily struggle. But with other stuff, with other stuff, I'm fantastic. <laughs> I'm perfect in every other way except this fitness thing. Yeah. Oh, but I push past laziness to do many things. You know, I push past laziness uh, to work on the things I really like. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Here's another email, a different subject altogether. And this one really, really stuck, stuck in my ass. Uh, man, and I've been thinking about this one for days and days and I will not say this person's name to not incriminate them. This one goes back to my podcast on feminism and I got so many emails, um, about that episode. Very, very, very polarizing subject, which I knew it would be, uh, when I did it, I knew that it wouldn't be, wouldn't be popular with a lot of people. (laughs) Uh, Some people loved it. Some people really hated it. And uh, I get it, you know, hey, it's, it's such a sticky subject. It is not, it's not, it's never black and white. It's never black and white. It's, it's so layered and so hard, which is probably what, you know, it's what society is, right? It's never easy. It's never straightforward. So this lady writes, uh, I want to thank you for the podcast you did on feminism. I also have somewhat conflicting yet strong feelings about being a woman slash professional woman. These feelings became more apparent once I decided to become a mom. Although I've been a mommy for many years now with your mom's house, (laughs) that's right, madam Don't you forget. I just recently became a biological mom. I still feel bad about it, but I secretly wanted a son and not a daughter. Not because I don't think women are amazing, but I didn't want my child to have to go through some of the choices in life I have. I grew up with very supportive parents who told me I could be anything I wanted, and I wanted to be a scientist, and I am a scientist. Unfortunately, I've realized now that my career will not get to the next level of being a professor, and that is because I have chosen to be a mother, i.e. not work 60 hours a week and miss the opportunities with my family. Your podcast, not just this one, but how on air you uh, debate some of these same life work balance have supported me in my choice to focus on my family without feeling bad about it, about what could have been career wise. Uh, It's great for other working women to hear these internal struggles about success in life and happiness balances. I'm not sure how or when or if there is ever going to be the answer, but I'm glad you keep the topic going. Yeah, ain't that the truth? I mean, there's more of this letter, but let's pause for a minute and talk about this. Uh, I mean, firstly, I totally get it. Like, Tom and I don't have kids, but, man, I secretly, too, would want a son, and not because I don't love women. I don't love being a woman. God, I would hate to be a man. I would hate to be, uh, oh, my God, a dude with balls and a hairy chest. It's so gross, but... Um, but I get it. I get it. I, I think I've had the same exact thoughts of like, dear God, please, if, you know, if and when we have children, don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can deal with, with having a girl for so many reasons, just societal stuff. I mean, that poor girl, by the time she's 12 was already being marketed to, well, by the time she's four, probably sexualized and, and, you know, being pushed to be hot. From the minute, <laughs> from the minute you're pumped out of your mom's stomach, you have to be hot and fuckable, and it's it's really it's scary. It's really insidious nowadays for girls, and also because they have to deal with so much shit. uh, it's the worst. Like you have to be so protective of your girls. I'm sure and your little boys. The little boys get molested too, but I just remember being like sexually harassed when I was 12 years old, just walking home from school, and having some like guy my age behind me being like, he goes, he's like, girl, you got an ass so that won't quit. I'm like, what? I have an ass. What are you talking about? I don't have an ass. Yeah. But she's right about that, man. It, it, it does seem like, you know, I read that book lean in and, um, she advocates, I'm sorry. I cannot remember her name right now. The lean in lady. Uh, she advocates kind of sharing the workload with your husband, which, um, is really like duh, yeah, I get that. Like why why am I doing all the housework and tending to the child and working a full-time gig and he comes home from his full-time gig and he doesn't do the dishes and he doesn't do as much the child care. Like I think some of it some of it is just saying, Hey dude, do you wanna lend a hand? <laughs> hey, would you would you like to do these dishes as well or I love when um, they refer to men caring for their own children as babysitting. <laughs> you babysitting your own child? Well, how noble of you. How, how wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for giving a shit about your own child. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know what I'm a huge advocate of is a housekeeper. A housekeeper. Um, both my husband and I work incredibly long hours as well. And, uh, you know, we can afford it now. We can afford to have a wonderful lady come, um, you know, however much you want her to come. You pay her a, a reasonable rate and this person cleans your home for you. And that way your your husband and you can enjoy your lives and not have to fight about dirty toilets. I, I'm a huge advocate of that. But I agree, sister. Uh, when you do make that choice, you do kind of have to, I'm assuming, I don't know from personal experience, but it's a big reason I don't have a kid yet. I am terrified of the downshifting that a woman does have to do. You know, I've had friends tell me when they were pregnant that people would ask them all the time, hey, you know, what are you going to do about your career to the woman, but never to the man? It's never uh, the issue for the guy. And... (sighs) You know, and there are many opportunities I'll, I'll never be privy to just because of my gender, you know, because I am part of a, a boys club. There are many gigs I won't be offered to do because, you know, I can't play wingman to some guy getting late <laughs> there. There are, you know, on the other hand, and here's the way I see this. On the other hand, dear uh, emailer, you know, this is how my therapist frames it to me. Just so you know, this is this is like a Ph.D. fucking theory here the other hand is that you get to be the primary caregiver of a young one uh, women the upside being that you are kind of blessed with the ability to make children the the fucking miracle of life bro is is coursing through your veins and that um, you know that's a special thing that women are able to do and I from what I understand is that yeah you're gonna maybe you take a hit. Kind of in the early stages of your of your career, of, of sorry of, of the baby's life, and then maybe later, once the kids are of school age, you can kick it back into gear. Maybe shift some of the, the responsibility with your with your father with your husband. But then I get it; the husband makes more money, so then why should I work? I should stay home, and then the husband—it's fucking complicated. It's fuck. I'm, I'm I'm winded. Uh, just even, oh God. But I get it, sister. Just know you're not alone, and don't feel bad. Anyways, uh this, she goes on to say <clears throat> you know, if she has another child and if it is a girl, she will totally love and support um obviously her future daughters, but uh oh, let me see hold on. Now this is interesting. Um hold on, hold on, hold on. I will totally okay. So she's saying if she she has a girl, she will totally love and support and have these conversations with her to help her feel not so bad about whatever path she chooses in life. But how great that we have these choices to make and who knows in the future. Maybe jobs and careers may even be more supportive of the family and allow women to have children at decent childbearing age without forever ending their ability to be successful. Yes, there is some bitterness in that lesson, but that's life. <laughs> and she writes you know what that is a zebra i don't know if that's i, I think you're spot on and i think that you're a hundred percent right and i don't i i agree uh that is that bitter i don't think so i think it's pretty fucking accurate you know i've i've put off childbearing for as long as i have for that exact reason because I, I love what i do and i didn't I, you know, and also we've been too poor to have kids for several, uh, years. I mean, we're living out of suitcases and in, in God flea dump places. Uh, yeah. You know, I do think it should be a, a workplace thing. I don't know why they can't kind of be more supportive of women and especially nowadays, thankfully, uh, women can work from home and on the internet. And I, I hope that helps. Some moms stay home and be with their kids and do some kind of work or at least fucking I mean look in offices can't can't they let you work remotely? Can't you can't you email from home the same as you could from your desk? I, come on, man. 2015, 2015. I know it's so funny because ha the, the earth needs to be populated by children and that's women. And they don't take care of us. They don't take care of us. God damn it. God damn it. Damn it. So on that note, I got to go. Uh, my dog is whining in the next room. My fur baby. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Is that so embarrassed? I'm so embarrassed. I'm becoming one of these dog people. Uh, yeah, I got to go take care of my kid. I, I, uh, I want to let's play some Full Metal Jacket. Remember that movie? That's just the fucking funniest thing. The first half is a comedy. And then the second half is horrific. And what's great about Full Metal Jacket is that it's so inappropriate now. I think people would be writing in the streets about um, how insensitive the language is. <laughs> I know when I was at the military, they don't say these things. I mean, they don't say it in front of you when you're a visitor. They don't, uh, they don't call the enemy by any improper slang terms. At least in front of me, they didn't. Um, and believe me, I was asking a lot. What do you guys call? What do you call? <laughs> what do we call the enemy what do we call the taliban come on tell me and they're like we're not we don't do that there, everybody's so fucking sensitivity training doubt now anyway let's listen to a little bit of full metal jacket this is the fucking best movie this makes me laugh so hard. Is that you john wayne is this me
0: who said that who the fuck said that Who's the slimy little communist shit twinkle toad cocksucker down here who just signed his own death warrant?
1: Who's the slimy chicken shit? What'd he say? Communist twinkle toad? I mean, it's so good. It's so good.
0: Nobody, huh? The very fucking godmother said, it. I'm fucking standing. I will PT you all until you fucking die. I'll PT you until your assholes for sucking buttermilk was it you you scroungy little fuck huh? sir no sir you little piece of shit you look like a fucking worm I bet it was you sir no sir sir I said it sir well no shit (laughs) what have we got here a fucking comedian private joker I admire your honesty hell I like you you can come over to my house and fuck my sister (laughs) you little scumbag I got your name I got your ass you will not laugh. You will not cry. You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. Now get up. Get on your feet. You had best unfuck yourself or I will unscrew your head and shit down your neck. Sir, yes, sir. Private Joker, why did you join my beloved Corps? Sir, to kill, sir. So you're a killer? Sir, yes, sir. Let me see your war face. Sir? You got a war face? Ah! That's a war face. Now let me see your war face. Ah! Bullshit. You didn't convince me. Let
1: me see your real war face. Ah! You- <laughs> please tell me. If you're listening to this and you're in the Marine, I, I doubt I doubt there's many Marines that listen to my show, but please, please let me know if any of this is remotely accurate. Do they really do this to you in the Marine Corps? I would I would cry. Like I would weep if, if this guy what's his name? Ernie Ernie Armerson <laughs> He's a real uh a real uh Ernie, what's his motherfucking name Full Metal Jacket I would cry if this guy was yelling at me Okay, Drill Sergeant Let me look up his name I think he's still alive And he's he's a retired one And uh, that's why he could do that so well Because he's out of his fucking mind Ugh, it's so funny Ugh Anyways, yeah, sometimes you gotta fucking push through it You know what I mean? You got to push. Oh, 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 no. R Lee. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me look this up. The guy that plays the drill sergeant is Ronald Lee Ermy. How great is this guy? He looks like he just fucking eats rocks. Oh, I love old dudes like this. Crazy, hardcore dudes. Man, man. There's good and bad to those dudes, though, right? This guy's the kind of guy that never hugged his children, never said anything nice to his wife. (laughs) Probably just um, had sex in the missionary position with his wife because he didn't want to think of her as a bad girl. That kind of stuff. Wow, what a what a different time! He's seventy-one years old. Holy shit, man! I tell you. Anyways, kids, there you go. Expect the unexpected and, whenever possible, be the unexpected. I think that's really cool. I think that just means hey, look through life, look at life with fresh eyes. Try not to see the same thing. Like Shirley, the woman I worked with in the office, every day she came in with the best possible attitude. Every day was different for Shirley. Every day was, I am too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> And she found a way uh, to find joy in the smallest of things. And I think that really is the key to all of this, right? That is the key because it all comes, it all goes. It's all fucking transient. And, you know, like a puppy, you got to stay somewhat curious. You got to stay curious, man. I don't understand how people don't. I really don't. The world is an amazing place full full of places I've never been to, places I want to go to, things I'd like to do still. And I forget about that. I forget from time to time. And you know what that is? That's deep, bro. All right, guys, I got to tend to my puppy. I'm sorry. I'm I'm cutting this one a little short only because I can hear this little little lady fucking losing her mind. My husband is not here right now. So I cannot torture this dog much longer. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, until next week. Um, that's been deep and uh, send me your emails please that's deep bro podcast at gmail.com and uh, let me know if I can say your name or if not or if you want to stay anonymous I totally understand all right until next time bye meows now what I don't
0: know <laughs> philosophize, with, philosophize with with, with, with.